What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rose, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Dew Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. player on the team for me is Belly, and it's the way he delivers them for real. It's like when he delivers his jokes, there's no laugh, and you really can't even tell if he's serious tonight. Yes, we deserve this win, man. Fox Sports 5, flying high in both teams. Oh, my goodness. I'm feeling great, man. I'm feeling it's the best I've ever felt. I'm excited. I'm, I'm all about winning. I know that the fans here are extremely loyal and passionate. And just like them, I, I want to become not just a playoff team, but a sustained playoff team and eventually get back to some of that championship success and contention. With the 12th pick in the 2020 NBA Draft, Sacramento Kings select Tyrese Halliburton. Imagine being one of those players that's on a team that you know hasn't been in the playoffs in over a decade, almost two decades, about a decade and a half, then being the first team to actually get to the playoffs. Just being able to be a part of that would definitely be something special. And if we can, you know, end up building a championship contending team, you're winning a championship in Sacramento like that. That's looked at a lot differently. You probably feel better than you do with anything else. Welcome back to another episode of the King's Pulse Podcast presented by the King's Herald. My name is Brendan Nunez. No Rich Ivanowski on here today. Instead, we have one of the better basketball minds of the King's Herald. We have Omar Khan on here. How you doing, Omar? Appreciate you joining. I'm doing well, but um, I don't know if I'm one of the greatest minds on the, the website. We have some pretty smart guys on there, too. Well, you're definitely up there, man, and I'm excited to get some of your thoughts on what we've seen in the preseason and you know we're just recording right after this Warriors game and it'd be hard to not talk about Kyle Guy I feel like this is the way we got to kick it off just hit a game winner 21 minutes 20 points on six of 10 from three um, doing it off the dribble he's playmaking a little bit for others and yeah tops it off with the game winner really impressive showing really impressive really impressive and um, it you can tell that the year that he spent in the G League last year really paid off. Yeah, definitely. Do you see a, and you know, there's a, sadly, uh, somewhat, a quote that comes out not long ago here from Luke Walton uh, that I'm scrolling, trying to find exactly, but paraphrasing said that if everybody's healthy, there won't really be many minutes for Kyle Guy. Um do you think that obviously we haven't seen much, but would you feel comfortable with him getting spotty minutes as like a third string point guard? Like I feel like he could fill this Yogi Ferrell role. I mean, it's not asking too much. No, I don't think so. But you remember that last year Yogi barely got on the court either. Right. And I could see Guy kind of getting onto the court the same way that Yogi did as the third point guard, um, filling in in case of injuries or um, if anything else happens to the guys higher than him on the on the. Um, depth chart but um, obviously what I hope from this season is that some of the veterans like Corey Joseph are moved so that he can actually get onto the court and a little more regularly as opposed to playing spot minutes yeah agreed and I think that he also shouldn't be a primary playmaker out there 
Um, I don't even feel great about Halliburton being the primary playmaker, but it's definitely preferred over Guy. And if you have both of them out there, I guess you could get away with some minutes there, um, assuming that, you know, the goal is really development rather than winning games right now. Right, right. Yeah, and I think that it's really important for him to get reps out there at point guard because just because of his size and athletic profile, he's, I think, like 6'1", 180 pounds. So um, he doesn't really have much hope of defending anything other than the one. And um, you kind of saw that in the the game against the Blazers where he just got posted up and pushed around numerous times. But um, if he can be at least competent at, at defending one position at the point guard spot, and um, that would mean that on offense he has to be the primary initiator. So um, I would be pretty happy with him getting point guard minutes this season um, if this is going to be a developmental season just to see what we have um, just to see if um, he can you know develop into that Seth Curry type of player who is uh, mostly a gunner but can at least you know hold the fort at point guard right it's definitely the position for guy I'm with you there and the versatility to his shooting has been impressive I think a lot of it just coming off movement and not even quite having his feet lined up but getting the shoulders there um has been impressive in these few games and obviously saw it a lot throughout the G League he's shooting 40 percent plus on nearly 10 attempts um I believe something around that range and someone that has a little bit more defensive versatility um, and has shown some impressive lateral quickness. I know you pointed out a little bit as well is is Justin James, who, you know, we've gotten a little bit of a peek at in this off season. I don't know how many minutes are really going to be there for him in the regular season. Um, but what have you seen from him specifically on the defensive end? With Justin James, um, I, I've liked what I've seen from him on defense. Um, he looks a lot more polished than he was last year. Last season, um, he was having trouble navigating screens, and he was kind of getting lost in the shuffle. Um, this year, it looks like he's put on a bit of muscle, and um, he's able to uh, stick with his man better, um, get through screens, um, read. And one thing I think that's been impressive with him is I, I like his ability to get into the passing lanes. Um, he's gotten a good number of deflections the last few games uh, in the preseason. Um, there's one play that I had clipped um, as a part of that press um, that he got his hands right into um, the the passing lane and um, he got Halliburton open for an open dunk right to end, I think it was the third quarter. So um, I, the thing with Justin James, though, is he needs to be able to shoot or he needs to be able to handle and make plays. And he hasn't been able to do that consistently. So if you are a wing type like Justin James and you can't shoot, you're a dime a dozen. There are dozens of guys just like you, and the odds are stacked against you in making the league. So he's got to be able to shoot that three consistently and space the floor. Otherwise, it's going to be an uphill climb for him to make an NBA roster. Yeah, and when he does manage to get to the rim, he obviously likes to show off that athleticism. And one of these days, he's gonna he's gonna throw down one of the posters. But I don't think it would hurt to maybe just go for a layup sometimes on a, on a few of these. But you know, the the aggression's fun and it's nice to see. But I think he could do with a little bit more control and may come with a little bit of time. You know, you mentioned the press. We can just touch on that a little bit here and now. Um, 
I had noticed it, and I'm sure listeners had as well in these first few games, and you really kind of broke it down a little bit and, and defined the layout of a little bit. Can you just explain what you noticed with this full-court press? Yeah, so basically I noticed that the Kings were dropping into a press. It's a 1-2-2 two, two press, which means that there's one player advanced, um, two players zoning up on um, either side of the wing, and um, and two and the last two players kind of hanging back. Those two players can either sag back and protect the rim or they can add more pressure by um, coming up closer and adding even more. That's a more aggressive look. Um, so the Kings would go into this look after after they would shoot a free throw. And uh, that was their trigger. And um, it I thought it was pretty effective. And um, it, it helped speed up Portland's offense. They were trying to, they were kind of stuck into doing things that they didn't want to do. Um, they didn't never really looked comfortable against it, and um, it's something you probably can't do on every possession just because of the energy that it takes. But it's something that you can just throw in there just to mix it up a bit. And um, it's really interesting considering that last year um, you saw zone defenses becoming more prevalent, where the conventional wisdom was that oh you know the zone it doesn't work in the NBA, so you kind of rarely saw it. But you look back, and the zone was a prominent part of the Miami Heat's finals mm-hmm. run. I don't think they would make the the finals without the zone defense. So it's this whole concept of reconsidering conventional wisdom. And um, you're looking back into you're, – you're digging deep into the bag of tricks. You're trying to see what you can pull out and, you know, throw out there and see, hey, maybe it works. Maybe it gives you a competitive advantage. Um, it's just thinking creative, thinking creatively, and um, just rethinking how um, what these norms are. And um, if you do that, you might strike gold. You never know. So who knows? Maybe the one-two-two press might become a prominent part of the Kings' defense. Maybe they scrap it mid-season. We'll have to see. Twenty twenty has complicated most things in the world, including making hires. It's reshaped how we work and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is crucial, and Indeed is here to help. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free seventy five dollar credit to boost your job post, which which means more quality candidates will see it fast. It's the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. And unlike these other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, and you can pause your account at any time. No long-term contracts. Now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply.
you know, it's good to throw some different looks out there. We've seen a little bit of 2-3, and I think the white side sitting down in the middle of that 2-3 is, is probably best for him. Um, but this 1-2-2, this two, two, I, I want to touch on a little more. I, I'm Obviously, you know, with there supposedly being an increased emphasis on pace this year, I think that could be a big part of it. Um, obviously, the biggest thing that you're going to get from that is causing turnovers. Um, and then the other end is – you know, if I think we saw Curry recognize it pretty quick tonight and just instantly throw over the second uh, two guys. And there's just a lot of court for the guys down to work with. And, you know, the Kings don't have exactly a great defensive anchor sitting back there or anything. So it'll get you some steals and opportunities, but at the same time going to concede some easy ones if not done properly. Um, But I think that interestingly, Sacramento – mainly with the addition of Tyrese Halliburton, has some really interesting playmakers to throw in this 1-2-2 that can fill a lot of space with their length and properly trap and deny passing lanes. And I'm curious who you feel best fits this zone, uh, specifically the guys causing chaos at the top aside from Halliburton. Uh, I've I've seen Halliburton be pretty effective at the top of that 1-2-2 zone, uh, zone, the press um, Justin James, like I mentioned earlier, he was able to get his hands in the passing lanes and, and cause all, all kinds of problems for the offense. Um, but the archetype is really just quick, athletic guys with um, good instincts, good hands. Um, just projecting forward, you look at somebody like Robert Woodard. Um, he might be somebody who you can use on the back end um, be, just because of his defensive versatility, his ability to cover multiple players and um, his ability to uh, protect the rim as a wing. So um, Darren Fox at the top of that one two two is probably going to be pretty effective um, just because of his quicks and um, his instincts for getting into the passing lanes and his ability to um, attack the basket right after creating a live ball turnover. Um, who else? Yeah. Corey um, Joseph? Joseph, I think, would be tough. He's more of a kind of a set defensive guard. Um, he's not really a guy that you see, like, shooting into the passing lanes. Ideally, you want somebody yeah. like, really light and explosive. Maybe Daquan Jeffries would be good at this, though we haven't really seen him too much in that. Yeah, definitely interesting uh, uh, to watch for there. Um, the after-a-free-throw thing is... Uh, interesting. I, I would guess there's probably not much to that, and it was just, you know, that's when they would decide to uh, just implement it, just to kind of randomly space it out, and everybody would be on the same page. Well, with the free throws, because um, everybody's kind of in a set spot, it's easy to set up. So um, you have the guy, whoever is the guy who's shooting free throws, um, de- well, depending on who it is, uh, depending on who's shooting free throws, they can just easily drop back, and um, since everybody's kind of like in a set pattern, it's easy to organize it. That makes sense, yeah. Um, This was also the first game that we got of Marvin Bagley this season. I was very glad to see him listed on this preseason roster as active and even ended up starting this game. Um, It was productive when you look at the stat sheet, you know, nine points, four rebounds in 16 minutes for Bagley. Walton said he was going to go out there for three different stints of about five minutes and kept true to his word there. Um, Yeah, I mean, he was aggressive in in chasing offensive boards, and I think it was just kind of 
standard Bagley minutes, but it was good to see him out there moving well. Yeah, at this point, I think it's good just to get him onto the court, just to knock off that rust. Uh, don't ask him to try to do too much. Um, just do what he's comfortable with, crashing the glass, posting up. Um, most of his baskets were um, within five to ten feet of the of the rim, so uh, we didn't really get to see his jumper at all. Um, he went one from two, one for two from the free throw line. So um, I thought it was it was kind of like a callback to his rookie season where he was just enormously productive, grabbing rebounds, scoring points, running the floor. Um, but hopefully we'll get to see as the season progresses what elements Bagley's actually had added to his game. See if he's added a three-point shot. See what his defense looks like. So um, I'm excited. It's good to have him back. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. He definitely could benefit from that increased pace as well. And I feel like there's been a few moments, um, and maybe I'm overreacting to these three games, that offense has been, or the ball has been in the hands of a big man, the five at the elbow, and there's screens going off on both sides. And I kind of feel like this could be implemented just to have Bagley as kind of the primary guy um, in an offense where he's featured a little bit at times. And, you know, I don't know how I feel about him as a playmaker, but like I don't mind if he is the focal point of an offense while he's out there. I mean, he, he is extremely talented there. And if he's going to be a productive player, I mean, that is, that's your hope with him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Regarding that, um, I'm not sure if I'd like to see him at the elbows. Um, because you want to put him in scoring positions as much as possible. Just keep things simple for him. Get the ball. Look for your shot. Um, if you're doubled, swing it at, swing it, pass the ball out, make plays for others. Um, but when you have the ball at the top of the key, um, like the Kings do, um, you're trying to make like more complex reads. Um, you're trying to watch like multiple cutters at the same time and guys coming off screens. I don't know if that's like the best usage of him. Yeah. Maybe it could be, but um, ideally you want him in positions where he's um, – let me walk that back a bit. Ideally you want him in uh, scoring positions as much as possible because that's what his best talent is, is it's scoring the ball. Right. Yeah, and playmaking is is probably not a strength at this point. Um, And then we also saw um, the debut of Hassan Whiteside in a Kings jersey tonight, and I thought that, you know, there were some impressive moments. You can't deny four blocks, 11 points, uh, nine rebounds to go with that as well, and a steal. And I thought that specifically when he was sitting in the middle of that 2-3 zone that and just kind of able to camp out in the paint. Um, when guys get down there, he's a huge body with long arms and, and is strong and got decent timing there. So he, he was a, a decent rim protector. I worry definitely when he gets in space, but what were your impressions of the first uh, first look at Whiteside here? It's pretty much the same Whiteside that I remember. Um, you could see why he's so productive, why he puts up such huge numbers. He's got a huge frame and, long arms, and he does have phenomenal shot-blocking instincts. And that's something I remember, remember from him back in uh, when he was in college. And um, the Kings were 
were scheduled to have um, the, a top five pick that year in 2010. Um, Whiteside, if I'm not sure if you remember this, but Whiteside was slotted to be a first round pick. He was slotted to be in like the top 10 or 15 players. And um, the Kings legitimately considered him at five before they picked DeMarcus Cousins. And the reason was because he was such an amazing shot blocking prospect. And that's something that he's always had. He's just been, it's just something that comes naturally to him. He's got amazing timing. Obviously he's, um, he's uh, huge. He's got the long arms. Um, so that's what he brings to the, to the team. The question is, um, can he just do enough of the rest of the things to make him viable on the court? Um, when he gets the ball, can you make good decisions? Um, you know, is, is he going to be a liability, like you said, trying to defend in space? And um, I think we saw all of that. Um, today, he was able to make plays with the ball, and that, that was pretty impressive. So um, I was actually really impressed with him. Um, he's His reaction time is just, it's really slow. So sometimes when he gets the ball, it looks like he's just trying to figure out what to do with it for a second or two before moving. Um, there was this one play where uh, Halliburton fed him the ball in, in the paint. He kind of bobbled it, and then he decided to dunk it, so he did. <laughs> so, um, I mean, that's the good and the bad with the white side. That's why the white side. That's the good and bad with Hassan Whiteside. <laughs> is that um, you'll get these monster rebounding and shot blocking numbers. Um, you'll get excellent rim protection, but um, he'll get lost in complex off- against complex offensive schemes. Um, on When he has the ball, he's not always going to make the best decisions. Um, he, and it just seems like he reacts a tick slowly to everything that happens on the court when you compare him to everybody else around him. Yeah, now on a minimum deal, I, I like what he brings to the table. Um, I think that he's definitely a fantasy sleeper for me with some numbers that he's going to put up, and you know, there's opportunity for some minutes at times on this Kings roster. Um, I haven't really heard from you on what your hopes are for this season, maybe like some of the main things that you're really keeping an eye on or optimistic about heading into this year. Um, the main thing that that I'm keeping an eye on are um, the development of Halliburton and Bagley and to see um, which one, if any of the um, Kings young guys, um, whether that's Kyle Guy or Justin James, Robert Woodard, um, Jemias Ramsey, who can become a contributor in the future? Because the Kings have De'Aaron Fox, who's 23 years old. He's inked to a, uh, five-year extension he's going to be the centerpiece so you're trying to fit talent around his window Um, you're trying to find players who are around his age range who can become contributors so um, those are the guys that I'm keeping an eye on Um, I'm also interested to see what happens with um, some of the deals that Vladi handed out last year um, Corey Joseph, Buddy Heald, um, Harrison Barnes. Those are um, big contracts that aren't exactly easy to move, but you can see that they can contribute to a 
team that's trying to compete for the playoffs. So um, how is the Kings front office going to take advantage of that? Are they going to be able to get anything for them? Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball and Basketball is finally kicking off this week, and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available 24-7. And with the return of sports, BetOnline sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven-time NBA champion, we'll go with six-time NBA champion, Robert Ory. See what they had to say and what it'll be like playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. Visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. You know, I, I feel like I've done a disservice here that we've gone so far having you on this episode and we haven't even talked about Jabari Parker. Uh, you're, probably, you're probably itching to get this out. I'm going to need you to sell me on Jabari Parker's role on this team. I, I My favorite archetype in the NBA is that 3-4, they used to call them tweeners. I'm not sure if that's the right word to use mm-hmm. anymore because I mean, positionless basketball and all of that. But, but back in the day when you had somebody coming out into the draft who was um, – not quite a small forward, but not quite a power forward either. You would call him a tweener. So I love these kinds of players because I think that the NBA is littered with them. I mean, the best teams in the NBA have really good tweeners. So you look at somebody like Andre Iguodala, who is a small forward, but you can bump him down to the four. You look at um, um, somebody like P.J. Tucker, you know, Again, mm-hmm. he, he has the size of a small forward, but he plays the four. And he even bumps down to the five at times. So, I mean, you can you can kind of go across the league and you'll find pretty much every team, every good to great team has one of these guys. And um, I think Jabari Parker fits that physical archetype. Um, obviously, he doesn't – he hasn't showed the ability to play defense yet. Yeah, but, at all. Um, at all. At all, at all. <laughs> okay, fine. At all. <laughs> Stab me with the knife. Why don't you? But no, you're fine. <laughs> I think so. I I feel like the tweener has almost evolved to being in between the four and the five. And typically, like when I think of tweener, when it's like as a issue, it's that they're not able to guard either position. And like this is like the worry with Bagley, right? That he that he isn't big enough for fives, but not quick enough for fours defensively. Um. So yeah, I, I yeah, I don't know. Jabari Parker, I don't know. I don't know who he's guarding. He can put up some. <laughs> he can put up some numbers though. If he can fit into the flow of an offense and not disrupt it and kind of have to take things into his own hands, he he is a talented offensive player. Oh, for sure, he can score, and I'm telling you, he can pass too. Uh, I saw some pretty impressive passing instincts from him where. Um, in short and small samples, albeit, but at the same time, I think that he can, you can operate with him. With him, you can get the ball in the high post and 
I feel like he can make good decisions there. Um, I think uh, the first preseason game he was playing as the backup center. So, yeah. And um, that's what he also played in the bubble. That's not the best spot for him. I think he's better off um, playing the four next to somebody like Rashawn Holmes. Um, I want to see how he can defend the perimeter. Um, he's got good size, good length. Um, his lateral quickness remains to be seen after um, all the injuries. Um, but, yeah, he's, he's a talented scorer. He can pass. He can rebound. Um, he can handle a bit. Um, he could be a diamond in the rough. Um, he might have some trade value at the deadline. Who knows? If if all this uh, preseason training camp hype is real, I don't know. I'm just saying it's possible. Man. But... <laughs> yeah, you're lucky Rich isn't here. Oh, man. I'm going to get it from him. No, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how much I'm on board with you on this one either. I hope, man. I hope. Who knows? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I don't know what else I have here, man. Um. We we can touch on Halliburton a little bit. I, I mean, it's obviously these defensive instincts, man. The way that he's able to stop opposing transition uh, breaks and getting in these passing lanes and the anticipation from him and having quick reaction speed to go with it, uh, he, he's just – he's been phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. I think that was one of the um, one of the big notable things about him coming out of the draft was that his ability to get steals and create turnovers and play in transition, that was a big part of his appeal. And we've kind of seen that already. We've seen him, you know, grab a steal and throw an instant pass up ahead, um, igniting a fast break. And it's a, it's a lot of fun to watch because, you know, he's – He's a rookie with no summer league experience. This is all just basically natural instinct for him. And I can't wait to see what will happen once he gets like, you know, two, three seasons under his belt. Me how either. How good he'll be. And alongside Fox, too, when he's giving these outlet passes to Fox and Bagley up there, it, it's going to be – that. that's going to be a blast. Um, you know, I'll, I'll throw you one other thing here, and I don't want to blindside you too much. The last thing here. What is one lineup that – would excite you this season? One lineup that would excite me. So we're three preseason games into this season so far. Um, I want to see Kyle Guy, Tyrese Halliburton, um, Daquan Jeffries, um, Glenn Robinson the third, and Marvin Bagley at center. I want to see what they. I want to see what they can do. Um, I know Fox is good. I know he's going to be a really good player. Um, those five guys, um, I think that two or three of them could be contributors in the future. Um, Bagley obviously has the highest ceiling, um, but I want to see what Daquan Jeffries and Kyle Guy and um, Glenn Robinson can do as well. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I think Glenn Robinson, um, I, I've been surprised at his aggressiveness on the offensive end. Um, I, I know some people were a little concerned that he was kind of taking too many of his own shots. I didn't think that was all too much of a problem. Um, and defensively, he has some some great rotations to him. They they definitely added some smart defenders on this team when you look at 
Tyrese and um, Glenn Robinson, and then obviously having Daquan Jeffries and Corey Joseph. Like there are some, there's some defenders on this team, Harrison Barnes as well. That there's moments of really impressive rotations that are that are pulled off effectively. I'm shocked that Jabari Parker isn't in the lineup. It's just the same as Fox, right? We know he's good. <laughs> we know he's good. We know what we're getting. <laughs> well, I'm assuming Jabari Parker is traded for a top five. Pick. For Trevor Reza. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> Even better. Right. Oh, all right. Well, I think that's all I have for you here, Omer. Is there anything else that uh, that I'm missing that you want to get out here? Um, shout out to Richard. He called uh, Kyle Guy and Justin James being good players. Um, Kyle Guy's coming online. Coming online. Uh, Justin James not quite there yet, but we'll see. Um, otherwise, I hope uh, Rich is uh, collecting the euros to buy stock because that's where Justin James is headed next. There we go. Yeah, this is the Kyle Guy podcast for sure. Uh, <laughs> it was it was the night of Guy uh, game winner, the bogey replacement right out the gate. Um, but yeah, <laughs> but they, it was fun. It was fun. It I'm definitely glad. was. And it was great to see the whole bench really excited for him. Yeah, it, and it was, I mean, he faked out the guy he had to, yeah, he went flying by. It was, it was actually an impressive one. It wasn't some spot up or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he created that all by himself. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for joining, Omar. Uh, the Twitter handle for yourself is at O underscore A underscore Khan, K-H-A-N. Definitely everybody listening, go follow him there. Uh, great analysis coming from you, like you were touching on the, the full court press. Um, but thank you for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. And thank you to everybody for listening to this episode of the King's Pulse podcast. Go check out the work uh, being done at the King's Herald and support the Patreon there. If you enjoyed this episode of the King's Pulse podcast, uh, please subscribe, rate, and review, and you'll hear from us again in the next couple of days.